Welcome everyone to All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast number 106, recording this on Tuesday, 12th of August 2014, after a two-week break, but then it is the summer holidays, I guess. Mr. Rafe Blanford. Hello, everybody. Yes, uh, here in the UK, middle of the summer, we've been having great weather. We had a little bit of a pause in the podcast recording, which means we've got a whole bunch of things to work through this week, and I think we need to keep on top of things because there's a lot more news coming on down the road at the end of the month and into September, I think. Okay, and I guess uh, you should ask me a couple of questions. Uh, one is uh, you can ask me, Steve, What's your what was your daily smartphone, uh, the one you're using day-to-day last week or the last time we spoke? Go and ask me. Yeah, I, I think we can ask that because uh, Steve's been out and about, and I'm always curious to know what he's been using. There's been all sorts of updates flying all over the place, and Steve is uh, very fond of his 1020, but he's also had uh, a 930 around, and he's got other devices, of course. So what is it, Steve? Go on, surprise us. Well, over the last month or so, I have been a bit of a traitor. I, I've switched across to Android, and I've been using a Galaxy S4, rather pimped by myself. And if you want to follow that, follow me on, you know, phone show chat, all the other usual sites. But with one eye, very definitely on Lumia Cyan and Windows Phone 8.1 hitting the Lumia 1020 for, for real, officially. And it's happened. In the two weeks we've been gone, Rafe, it has now been officially launched. I put a big story on the site about... Um, 15 minutes after it went live, because I had the story mostly pre-written. Um, and after four or five days, I have to say, of uh, the official 8.1 and sign on the 1020, I've fallen back in love with it. So 1020, since the update, has been my main device. And I have to say, I've never been happier with the phone. Everything works just as it should do. There are very, very few minor niggles, things like Skype, presuming as possibly one of them. Uh, even my favorite um, password manager, um, uh, KeyPassX or a KeyPassX client, and there's now a next-gen version of that. There's an alpha testing, and I'm on the te- test program. So I really am firing on all cylinders on Windows Phone 8.1 at the moment. I'm, I'm very happy. So yes, the Lumia 1020. Uh, that's great to hear. And actually, I think this is an important lesson for those of us who are a bit guilty of switching phones every five minutes. It's sometimes worth revisiting old favorites, particularly when, in, as in this case, says you know a software update has come down the road you have the advantage of it being very stable and very mature and even for something like lumia sign which is obviously new it's kind of the underpinnings and you know that the engineers who put all of this together are familiar with things and there's a whole bunch out in the wild so it gets a lot of testing and sometimes there's a, a lot to be said for stepping back from the, the cutting edge at least in terms of the latest hardware and, and going for something like the 1020 i have this in mind particularly with the 930 which we've both had a, a chance to try out which um it's a really great device and actually i've really come to like mine i've even come to like the bright orange color and it gets lots of comments and i, I sort of rather enjoying that now but previously i was being a bit rude about it uh, but i do notice the occasional bug and sometimes there's some screen glitch problems and it's nothing that's you know isn't typical of you know a smartphone that's just come out we get these all the time across every platform but uh, there's something to be said sometimes for having that stability for something that's been out just that little bit longer and the 1020 is also an example that's in the camera department isn't it steve there's actually been a significant leap forward in the uh, well it's the performance but more the kind of the, the quality of the camera since it first came out basically this time last year uh, absolutely we've gone through several step changes in the lumia 1020 in terms of image processing um i have to say though there's not much of a change going from uh, lumia black to lumia sign i know they tweaked some of the image processing 
thing, but I suspect that was for the, the 20 megapixel camera for the 1520 and the 930 and so forth. I haven't noticed much of a difference on the 1020, but uh, I just wanted to comment briefly. I mean, I've taken this 20 from obviously Lumia Black um, over the last sort of six months or so through the Windows Phone 8.1 developer previews. We have one, um, number two, then number three which I think is actually the same OS version as in Lumia Cyan. But what's interesting, apart from the fact that you have to downgrade it effectively to stock Windows Phone, stock Nokia firmware, in order to get Cyan officially at the moment, is the fact that it's not just the OS advancing to 8.1 and the 8.1 update one, or whatever you want to call it, and the developer previews. There also are extra bits of Nokia magic uh, (laughs) stuck in with this the Cyan update. And especially if you're like me, it focused on imaging and the imaging workflow, then I firmly believe that actually sticking to the stock Nokia firmware and the Lumia Black to Lumia Cyan, having the, the, the camera roll work with the, the photos, work with the, <laughs> all the different various imaging applications, I'm firm, and all sorts of other stuff in terms of settings and glance and stuff under the, under the hood, that if I stick with the official firmware, I will ultimately get a more stable and more streamlined experience. And I did put up an article on the site um, I think it was this morning, um, saying, in actual fact, for the first time for a, a half a year, I'm not tempted to go onto the developer preview program for my main smartphone. I, I, I even did a, a ch- battery charge looking at uh, efficiency, and I found that actually uh, 8.1 with Lumia Sign is actually the most battery efficient version of Windows Phone 8 yet. So taking all of that into consideration from in terms of imaging workflow and battery efficiency, general look and feel i'm just very very happy with the 1020 at the moment it's very stable and uh yes long may it continue i, I do think we need to see to go and stand in the corner for not wanting to have the latest software on his phone <laughs> particularly with uh, which we'll come to later in this podcast windows phone 8.1 update one i think it's the official naming uh slightly cumbersome but uh, on a more serious note I think it's also partly a change in the way that some of the updates are delivered in that you've basically got exactly the same software running on the 1020 as you do on the 930, you know, if you're getting it out of the box. And it's not just around the platform, it's also some of the application updates that have happened. Uh, and for those of, you know, who have longer memories in the smartphone world, there was a time when this kind of in-place update of some of the built-in apps didn't happen so regularly. Uh, and particularly as the if you like, the breadth of those built-in apps has expanded to include things like maps and more music players and all of those kind of things. It's actually become more important. And so the functionality or the sort of the feature set available on the 1020 today with the Lumia Cyan update is actually a significant advancement on from what you would have had if you got it out of the box 12 months ago. And it's things like Nokia Creative Studio have had an update and various updates to hear maps and things like that. And also, as Steve sort of is hinting at there, the imaging workflow and obviously something like uh, the raw update that we got earlier in the year. So it, it just again strikes me that there's tremendous value being delivered throughout the life cycle of the product. And, you know, we always used to talk about, you know, when updates would arrive, would a certain one get one? And obviously that's still going to apply. But I actually think it's really good to see that this 1020 has actually, you know, got the updates, got the software. And we're talking probably just a month or two after you could have got it if you went out and bought the 930 as it came out into the shops. And it, it you know, we spent a lot of time in the past complaining about software updates and not being delivered properly. So, uh, you never really get around to doing the praise when actually something goes right and gets done properly. And so it's just a moment to sort of pause and consider and go, actually, congratulations. It's been a long, long time coming, but it feels like uh, Microsoft has kind of 
got got it right and got those in place updates working very smoothly uh, i'd also say actually sort of linked to this is the ability to restore a windows phone with 8.1 uh, you know you get your start screen back again it's not quite perfect because it doesn't do app data yet uh, it can do it in theory but it's waiting for developers to catch up there but having put several devices through this kind of update and actually reset a couple in the process it just the, the marked contrast to what it was like with windows phone 7 and going back to earlier days and it was a gap that was a, a serious detriment i think for windows phone compared to ios and android and there's perhaps still some catching up to do but it's so much better than it used to be and the fact is you can plug in your microsoft username and password and you get your start screen back you get all the applications downloaded and then a couple more password entries and you sort of restore the phone pretty much back to where you were now as i say there are a few updated things that I'd still like to see fixed but just wanted to sort of give a bit of praise to Microsoft. I think it's it, it's so so much improved. And for those of us who who do switch phones on a regular basis, or you know, if you're Steve and take it to the extremes and reset your phone and then reload software on it, it makes your life a lot easier. So just a, a pause for reflection on that topic. I think. <laughs> yeah, um, I did put up an article. I say in the context of the Lumia 1020 with Windows Phone 8.1 Lumia Sign versus Lumia 930, the brand new flagship, uh, which you fall in love with as you bob around in the sea with your orange Lumia attracting attention <laughs> of rescuers. But uh, it's a serious, serious comparison, really. One's a year-old device with cutting-edge imaging, but um, slightly, perhaps, mere uh, other specifications versus something with the latest specifications, much newer. Obviously, the 1020 is a lot cheaper now because it's a year old. But just looking at them, the specs side by side, there really isn't that much in it. Now, I came out slightly saying the 1020 was actually preferred, possibly with things like Nokia Glance just edging it for me. And I got a, a few a few uh, brickbats for my, for my comments. But the two really are not that far apart in terms of, you know, weighing up the pros and cons. You're right. I mean, I'm looking through this list now, and I think it really probably comes down to the imaging dimension for most people. And I think with the 1020, you do have to appreciate there's an extra you know piece on the back, which for some people will be a deal breaker. I mean, I think it's quite an iconic design. You see it popping up a lot of places, but that big camera lump or bump or whatever you want to call it on the back, it does make a difference. I mean, when you actually look at them, the, the 1020 isn't that much bigger um, in terms of the, the, the width than the, uh, the 930 overall. And actually the 930 in some ways is a little bit thicker because of the way the camera's been integrated. But it, it is a bigger screen device, and so it, it feels a bit more acceptable. You uh, rated the, the screen of the 930 ahead of the 1020, and I think this is down to glance screen. I would say they're actually about even because you do get the you know the full HD display on the 930, which for some people w- will give it the nod. Uh, it, it's a it's a tricky one because I was always a little bit skeptical about you know the super high resolution screens, and I've always sort of they they get overstated. But having used the 930 for a while now and gone back to um, well, it was actually a 925 in my case, but similar would apply to the 1020. You you can see a difference. Um, it, it's not a big one and you do have to do it side by side to really notice it and uh, i actually think the the sort of the performance in terms of the processor and the ram are also somewhat important just because it's running a snapdragon 800 versus kind of uh, an s4 makes it a little bit more future proof in terms of updates it's likely to get we're kind of seeing the first hints of that with something like living images which is this new nokia technology in cyan that kind of adds kind of a a little bit of animation to photos, but just by capturing a few frames before and afterwards and kind of turning it into an animation when you look at it in the photo gallery and some of the sharing options as well. 
Um, I wonder whether we'll see more of that in the release to come. But of course, you have to balance that against the fact you can pick up the 1020 maybe more cheaply than the 930. Although the 930 you can get for some pretty good pricing now. So it, it's really, it's down to the, the, the imaging part of it. And then you look at that, you know, combined with the price. And, and for me, the 930 just edges it for just maybe being that little bit further on. It's, you know, latest and greatest doesn't make a big difference, but you're quite right to kind of raise this question up and go, you know, is the, is the 1020 a contender? Absolutely. It still is. And so people ask about which device should I get? And normally I'd say kind of look at all the current generation. Something like the 1520, maybe you include the 1320 in that as well. Then the, the 930, the 630 and the 530 and perhaps some more devices to come. Um, and a lot of the older devices, I, I wouldn't reject out of hand because there's some great prices for that. But the 1020 is the one device I'll pick out and put into that selection because if you want the great camera, that's the one to get. And there's some uncertainty around whether we'll see a 1030. I, I would still you know, be somewhat hopeful. I think it won't happen in the immediate short term. I think it'll probably be another six months or so at least. And there's no absolute knowledge about what Microsoft is going to do. They may change course a bit. They may say, actually, you want to put a fantastic camera into to every device. And certainly the, the 20 megapixel pure view um, module is, you know, a step above what we've maybe had before. It's the standard one. Um, but I, I'm just wondering, Steve, is the 1020 going to be your device of choice for, for at least the foreseeable future? I think it c- could well be for the next six months or so. Uh, as you say, there may be a, a Windows Phone successor with this, uh, another 41 megapixel camera. I doubt it. I, I've got on record on the site of saying that I think Nokia seemed to be standardising on this 20 megapixel unit as, quote, good enough. And it, to be fair, the images from the 930 and the 1520 are very, very good indeed. My my big thing, as ever, is the Zen and Flash. And until yeah. <laughs> until Nokia or Microsoft or someone over there says, hang on a minute, shouldn't we have a proper flash in one of our camera phones? And I think I, I may have to keep using the 1020. Yeah, I think the Xenon Flash is, is one we've had the debate on time and time again. And uh, there is a size and obviously something of a, a power issue in all of those kind of things. And, um, you know, if you're shooting video, maybe Xenon isn't isn't the best thing to have. And that's where we sort of have the best of both worlds when you have both. And I think, Steve, you're very firmly on record as saying you want to have Xenon Flash because you want to be able to kind of capture those flash images. in It's in low light situations, but also fast moving objects as well. Uh, and I have to say, if you're thinking purely about camera functionality i've kind of got to agree with you um i do like having an led on the back so i can use this as a torch but it seems a, a bit too much to give away and there's just one other thing that kind of gives the 930 an edge for me and that's having the wireless charging built into it now i do have the case that lets me adapt the 1020 so it can do wireless charging but i have to admit i tended to take it off because i was using some other case with it or you know took it off and forgot about it just having that built in just gives me that extra little little boost and i've got various wireless chargers at work around the home and just being able to plonk your phone down on it get that battery update and we've talked about the benefits of qi charging before and so for me the, the camera kind of having that extra ability in the 1020 which is fully acknowledges there is actually offset by kind of the design which i like even the bright color maybe but certainly the wireless charging uh, and that screen size uh, factor as well 
Yeah, yeah. On the subject of the 930, I want to come back to batteries in a moment, but uh, I, when I reviewed the 930, uh, I have to say that my review units now had to go back, so I can't keep checking for updates, but there were issues, even after the updates that arrived in the review period, when in Internet Explorer, when you're looking at web pages and images and web pages, they were quite, the images are quite often quite appallingly downgraded, and I can only think, after trying numerous pages, that it's some kind of... Um, lack of optimization of internet explorer for that 1080p screen that that's my guess and and i'm guessing there will be an update to fix that i just wondered if you'd seen the issue or whether you'd seen an update to fix the issue yet i i hadn't seen it in quite the same way that you had and it may be that i'm just less observant um, but obviously we are talking about uh, an hd screen so you know depending on the web page whether it's actually doing things to support hd images and obviously this is related to about uh, it's kind of to do with responsive images and whether uh, websites are swapping them in and out or not so it will depend on the site you're looking at um, and i did come across it once or twice i haven't visibly noticed it again i mean i've actually since gone through another developer preview update so i wonder if there's been a change that i, I sort of haven't really noticed um uh, well enough so it hasn't been a major factor for me it's something i'm going to check on because as you said i think ah yes i do do need to check that and uh and so making reference to the windows phone um, 8.1 update one update which we'll, we'll come on to in a minute but i know we've got another couple of news items to work through before we uh, sort of bore people to tears with the uh, 9:30 versus 10:20 discussion Oh, you're such a strict person for going through the show notes in the right order. Right? There was I going to randomly jump around. <laughs> okay, right. Now, uh, just a few news items. We'll cover these fairly quickly, I think. Um, the Prestigio Multiphone 8500 Duo with Windows Phone 8.1 um, is now available. I guess uh, you've got the news story up, Rafe. I guess we're not going to see this anytime soon over here in, in the UK. No, my, my guess would be that this is going to be available in probably select markets, Eastern Europe, probably India as well. Uh, maybe Russia, obviously depends where Prestigio to, to take it out. Uh, not perhaps the best naming of a phone I've ever seen, <laughs> but interesting nonetheless as one of these. We're, gonna, we're seeing a whole bunch of them, but this one's actually available in, in the stores in some places. Uh, they're kind of off the shelf, you know, done from the reference design phones. But what kind of struck me as interesting, particularly about this one, was yes, it's uh, kind of a low cost phone and we're talking around the sort of £120 price point. I think that you know, quite possibly will go down over time. It, we, we've been sort of used to talking about the Nokia sequence of, of phones, and obviously that's now Microsoft's bag. But actually, this is a, a Snapdragon 200 phone, which immediately makes you think low end. But then in some of the other areas, it's actually got some you know, quite interesting, some nice features. And particularly what stands out is the 720p 5-inch HD display. You know, on Nokia, on its low end phones, and then that's actually happened again with the 530 and the 630, has done the relatively low resolution phones, the sort of 480 by 800 or, or equivalent with a little bit extra for the on screen buttons. So you know, this actually offers something a little bit different. And I think if you're looking for a really good bargain Windows phone, this gives the 630 at least on paper a run for its money. I think you then have to make a decision around the quality of it. And um, one thing I think that Microsoft and the Lumia range has done really well at the low end is making sure you still get good quality hardware that feels built to last. I've, I've handled a couple of Prestigio phones, mainly the, uh, in the Android versions as well as some of their kind of feature phones. And in the early days, the quality was a bit suspect, but more recently, they, they have tightened up a little bit. So it's it's an interesting one. I mean, we'll try and get hold of one at some point and see if we can test it. But if anyone's actually got some direct feedback, it would be, be interested to hear because you know, there, there's some other elements of the spec that are also quite attractive given the price point, Steve. 
Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the price point seems to be remarkably consistent in that uh, if you look at other recently launched Windows Phone 8.1 handsets, I was just looking at a new story very briefly linking across to Q-Mobile in Vietnam. And if you convert, then the whatever it's 4 million dong for a, a for a for their top-end handset in the range, that comes out again about £120. It seems to me that the reference design for 8.1, uh, as issued by Microsoft and the chipset manufacturers, once you scale that up into a local currency somewhere in the world, usually usually Eastern Europe or the Far East, it ends up at roughly a UK equivalent of about £120 or a US equivalent of about $200. So there seems to be something of a consistent price point there. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it's not really a supply for these reference designs. A lot of the standing components are going to have a pricing that's there or, or, or thereabouts. I mean, I do expect to see some more variation over time. Also, it's probably the pricing that, you know, they're kind of that sweet spot about where can they create the, the best value. But uh, talking about specifications, just worth mentioning, it's got an 8 megapixel rear camera. It's also got a front-facing camera, you know, so an extra bonus over some of the lower-cost Lumia devices. Um, it is a, a 3G rather than a 4G device, which in some markets might be a factor. It's also pretty thin, uh, you know, 8.5 millimetres. Um, I, I, as I say, it does make me wonder how it will stand up to uh, day-to-day use usage and you know, but it, it's going to be really interesting to see how these phones do because one of the sort of strengths if you like of the lumia range has been you, you kind of know what you're buying whatever price range you get that you can you get a certain not quite a guarantee but that um, lumia brand has stood for you know, quality hardware regardless of where you're buying it and it's a bit more of an unknown factor with some of these smaller manufacturers but certainly a lot of Android's growth in the last couple of years has been driven by these type of devices. Kind of as off the shelf is a bit of unfair because there's actually still quite a bit of work that has to be done to make these all come together, not least from a, a design point of view. Uh, but they are kind of standardized and we are going to see a whole bunch of them. We've mentioned several of them on the site and it's going to be from names that you know don't necessarily recognize as being absolutely massive although having said that you know micromax is uh, now i think the biggest smartphone manufacturer in india in terms of the, the volume units shipments of smartphones and it's sort of working on its own windows phone devices but this could i think be really important for microsoft sort of getting windows phone volumes up that little bit you know it, on their own, maybe not that many of each model, but when you combine, you know, 10 or more of these together, you start to talk about, you know, fairly serious numbers. And, you know, it has been smartphone growth has been driven almost entirely in recent times by the lower end of the market where cost is obviously the overriding factor. You know, people buy a phone because it's five pounds cheap or it represents good value for money. And that, that trend's actually continued. And we talked about the kind of the rise of the mid tier and how that's becoming more important. Um, we just wanted, I just wanted to spend some time talking about the uh, Prestigio 8500 Giro, just because I think it's emblematic and it's one that we've actually got a bit more information. We've got a post on the site. It'd be really interesting to hear people's views on this and whether they would choose this over a Lumia device. You know, maybe in an attempt to get some extra value, because you know, I think that's a trade-off you make. Maybe you uh, don't get the kind of the, the Lumia look and feel, and maybe some of the quality elements, and there's perhaps some app stuff in there as well. But I would say if you're purely looking on a kind of bang for buck basis, these uh, non-Lumia devices in the Windows phone space from these small manufacturers, and there's a whole bunch of them, probably op- offer better value for money. But it, I think the question I'd have back to you, Steve, is do you think sometimes this would be a, a short-sighted investment given that most people will be expecting a phone to last you know, 12 to 18 months and maybe even longer? 
I think I probably would. I've, been, I've seen an awful lot of these um, the designs, whether in the Android world or, or I guess slightly in the Windows Phone world recently, and the component quality has often been nowhere near the same quality for, in terms of the, the same specs as, for example, from the likes of Samsung, the likes of Nokia, like, certainly the likes of Apple. And I would say for bang, in terms of bang for buck, don't I'd actually say consider as as earlier either a 1020 or a 920 or a Lumia 925, all of which now can be had brand new for just over £200 and second-hand for about £130, £140. Upgrade them to Lumia Cyan and you've got a bang-up-to-date software device, one gig of RAM, pretty good processor, certainly enough to run the UI fluidly, and I think that would be the, the best value for money, even if it's not a very popular option for people trying to sell new handsets and make a profit. Yeah, I think that that's you know, an excellent point. I mean, if you look in the UK stores now, you can pick up a 520 for you know, 50 quid, and it's going to be hard for any of these new phones to match that price point. And, and for people where price is really a primary factor, actually being right on the, the cutting edge and the ability to maybe upgrade in a year's time is is perhaps less important than that, that cost factor. Uh, people don't always make that decision. Of course, it then becomes about availability. And what we're going to see, I suspect, is that some of these phones will come into operators and into phone shops and be available perhaps in places where the Lumia phones don't reach. And so actually it becomes about the addressable market. And so what these devices do is they put people who might not otherwise have bought a Windows phone in a, a position to at least to take the option to do so. Now, you know, Microsoft has a big job to do in sort of building consideration and kind of awareness of these phones and then converting that actually into sales for these manufacturers. Is one thing that's, you know, definitely true is these manufacturers traditionally don't spend so much on marketing and people aren't necessarily going to be aware of them. Um, and so th- there is that value proposition versus you know, the marketing side of things. But um, if I'm talking personally, I would still go for a, a Lumia device. But I suspect I'm not the person sitting in the target market of those type of devices. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Otherwise, we will we will run rather long. But um, I wanted to get your feedback, Ray, from this next story. Skype has officially announced it's going to drop a support for Symbian, which is a subject for another podcast, another site perhaps, um, and not perhaps not unexpected given Symbian's um, lack of popularity in the last couple of years. But also, Skype has announced it's dropping support completely, i.e. withdrawing it from the Windows Phone Store and support for a working client for Windows Phone 7. Now, that's only, what, two years ago, and there's still some people out there using Lumia 800s and 710s I would argue there, if I'm going to give Microsoft and Skype a pass on this, because I, I know from having spoken to the Skype developers, the guys who actually write the code, how in, insanely complicated it is to keep some a peer-to-peer stroke peer server uh, the system going like this with, with group messaging and screen sharing and video calling. It's insanely complicated and trying to improve that whole platform and bring it forward while simultaneously keeping backwards compatibility for other platforms must be an absolute nightmare. So I'm going to, I'm going to give them a pass and say, okay, if they're making Skype faster and better on, on Windows Phone 8 and on Android and iOS, etc., etc., then, okay, maybe a few older platforms can get sacrificed and thrown under the bus. But I'd like your comments too. Yeah, I, I, you know, when functionality is taken away from an existing platform, you're always going to get people complaining. And you know, Windows 7 is, you know, problematic because, as you say, it's really only, you know, I would say 18 months that, you know, the, the sales of Windows Phone 7 devices stopped. You, know, you go back to the, the 920 and we're just coming up, I guess, to the two-year anniversary for that. It, it feels quite recent. And I think people who have the devices could justifiably feel very frustrated that it, it's not available. 
But then you also have to think in you know realistic terms, if Skype, which obviously they do have limited resources, you know, where should they invest them? And actually, you need to invest it where you'll do the most benefit to the biggest number of users. Uh, and actually, incidentally, that's why I think uh, Skype on Windows Phone has sometimes suffered when compared against iOS and Android, because you know, there's basically more users on those platforms. It's kind of a natural facet of them being the first and second platform. And I, I would far rather see Skype improved on Windows Phone 8 in the way that it's been built into now the calling screen, so you can switch from a traditional cellular call over to a video call with, with Skype seamlessly, and it works fantastically well. I've actually used it a couple of times in anger now, and it's you know it mainly with family when those are the people you tend to want to do the video calls with it's not for everyday contacts and it 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 works fantastically well you know you you get the similar experience with uh, things like facetime or google hangouts or on the android platform but i just like the level of integration to me that's more important that's where the resources should go um and so yeah i mean i have to give them give them a pass as well I think you also have to consider that Skype in the last few years has gone through considerable changes kind of in the under the hood. People might not realize this, but the Skype service has kind of switched from being peer to peer to having a bigger server component that was part of what happened when Microsoft bought the bought the company. And so that has actually resulted in changes of the way calls are connected in the background. And so I suspect some of the engineering challenges on getting that working and doing a switchover, there's a development effort required in order to keep it running. It's not just a case of they've decided to cut it off just because you know they feel like it. It's been cut off because it will stop working, not because they just feel like not supporting it anymore. Uh, and to me, that makes it more acceptable. Um, it's just as frustrating. But from an engineering point of view, if you're having to put in loads of effort to keep supporting something that's maybe being used by, it might be 100,000 people, it might be less than that, versus something that's going to be being used by millions and millions of people it's pretty obvious where to put the investment yeah yeah okay well that's that i think we both agree um moving on one other thing i wanted to cut your comments on i I referred to this earlier i was i did a chart and tests over the last six months with all the different variants of windows phone 8 so 8.0 8.1 with the three developer previews and then 8.1 official with lumia scion i'm looking at the way the operating system and background tasks, you know, email checking and so forth, um, how they drain the battery gradually through the day. And obviously, the, the lower the battery drain, the better. Now, the uh, the first uh, Windows Phone 8.1 developer preview was horrendous, Rafe. You, you charge it overnight and literally leaving it on the counter without towing the screen on once, the battery would be empty by midnight. So, <laughs> 24 hours, it would drain the battery doing absolute, well, doing very little. Um, it then got dramatically better with developer preview. You, um, two and three and if you look at the charts and the news story there you can see that in fact they've done extra tweaks for the official rollout of 8.1 and with Lumia Cyan um, it's very competitive now with um, Android and Symbian and even iOS um, you can now charge a in my case the Lumia 1020 was used for all of these tests and under similar circumstances similar connectivity similar positioning similar application set and the 1020 charge it at midnight and if you then leave just leave it on the side just with the Nokia glance screen going um, email checking in the background the usual background task nothing special you're down to 75% or 70% by sort of the end of the day and I think that's quite acceptable really I mean, obviously the actual battery life uh, and performance during the day will depend on how much you use a smartphone. But that's the same for any phone. You know, if, if you turn that big bright screen on and you do outrageous stuff with you know playing streaming video, then you, yes, it's going to drain the battery. And how much it drains the batteries, how big your screen is, what the brightness setting is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, what you're doing. But just in terms of uh, 
operating system efficiency and this kind of standby on the desk mode, not draining the battery too much. I was astonished at how good Lumia Sign and 8.1 are, and I think that chart really uh, demonstrates that. Yeah, it, it really brings it home, and you're absolutely right to identify that kind of standby time as the kind of the key thing, because actually your phones spend more time in standby than anything else. And it, while there's certainly efficiencies that you can build in in terms of once the screen is turned on, it starts doing things, in particular when it's transmitting data, uh, and certainly as a, a user, if you want to turn off things, things like changing the um, you know, the lock time on your screen or the the time at which you wait before the screen turns off, there's things worth pursuing. Um, but what you can't really do anything like that is idle time. Once it's idle, it's idle. And really what this chart brought home to me more than anything else is just how much of a difference there was, you know, between kind of the best case, um, which is obviously Lumia Cyan, and the worst case. So you know, we're, we're talking around the sort of 16-hour mark. So, you know, after a typical day of usage, you, know, you were saying it's down to around 75%. You compare that to sort of well below 25% for the first February. That's a 50% difference. You know, we're talking a thousand milliamps an hour. It's obviously depending on what device you're using this to a certain extent. And it's probably worth saying all of these measurements are somewhat subjective and, you know, there's certainly plenty of error built into this kind of, kind of thing, but certainly the trend plays out. But that's an amazing difference. Um, uh, and we often talk about, you know, where battery life goes to and where it comes from, but it's a really important indicator of how well engineered and how well integrated into the hardware the software is and when we think when we talk about integration into hardware what we mean is you know is the wi-fi chip for example optimized so that it goes to sleep when it's not transmitting data and it's not just the on or off it's actually you'll turn it off for little bits of time when you're in the middle of transmitting data just to make it ultra efficient and a similar thing will happen for a cellular network and for you know the processor itself and all of those things and those kind of driver level things you know relatively close to the base hardware the silicon it will be referred to as make an enormous difference and actually that's what we're seeing coming out here because effectively what you're getting with the Lumius sign updates um, you know, in contrast to the developer previews and you'll get some of them in the developer previews because obviously there's kind of a certain amount that are delivered as part of the platform but then each manufacturer will also optimize for its own components and Lumia sign is kind of the official well Nokia now Microsoft release it's the official release for Lumia and that's where the last bits of opt- optimization happen and so while we did see an improvement with each developer preview version you know the sign is really what makes a difference and you, you then start to compare that against other platforms and it, it's fair to say that um, if you ignore uh, Symbian, which probably at this point we, we can do, it's firmly in second place behind iOS. And I mean, I think iOS does a fantastic job uh, with battery life in general. Um, you do have to be somewhat cautious here because the way that battery levels get reported on the various platforms sometimes can be a bit suspicious. I think mean, we've all been in that scenario where <laughs> you lose 20, 30% of the battery without really knowing where it went and it can happen quite suddenly. And it's not even necessarily the, the system telling fibs. It's just the way that battery performance works sometimes because there isn't necessarily a, well, there never is a linear a degradation of a, a of a battery you know, the way it can hold charge will will vary and so you know, just some some cautions required there i mean things have come on so much now in the last few years um in terms of the software management of, of battery 
Uh, and that's great because actually the hardware side of battery hasn't really improved that much. The, you know, the solution has been put in a bigger capacity battery. I think it'd be really interesting if people were forced to go back and kind of use the software optimization as it was a few years ago. They might have um, a little bit more gratitude to some of the work that the software developers, the platform developers are hard at work at. So a really fascinating feature. If you haven't read it yet, go and have a look because it's a, a really good point. And actually probably the, the single best reason not to install the latest developer preview. Yeah. And all my features are fascinating features, right? Of course they are. Sorry, Steve. Um, go and read all of Steve's features. <laughs> and on the subject of not installing developer previews, just to, just to round off this podcast briefly, I did put up a, a feature summarizing what's in Windows Phone 8.1 Update 1, which is the developer preview uh, released just over a week ago. And obviously will be continually updated, I guess, over the next two or three months as uh, they work up to whatever the next version is, Lumia Denim or <laughs> whatever, some color yeah, starting right. with D. <laughs> I saw Debian Red, whatever Debian Red is as well. But uh, there, there's a whole list of summarized features there, Rafe. And I kind of concluded after working my way through them that uh, nice though they all are, apart from Cortana, there wasn't really one feature that you absolutely, absolutely had to have the latest developer preview. And I think for once, I thought I might just hang back and accept the battery stability and efficiency of uh, of going with just Lumia Sign and just waiting my turn. But uh, from that list of stuff, obviously you've got the developer preview on your own personal device. So uh, do you want to just pick out a couple of highlights things that may you know do it for you yeah i, I will do and you, you're right i think there is definitely less here than there was in the last developer preview which was about going up to 8.1 and that was a big step this is more just kind of a, a little update but you know being the sort of heroic chap that i am i thought I'd install <laughs> it for the benefit of all our our dear listeners um the one that i thought would be important for me turned out i didn't really care about which was folders and this is the ability to basically put multiple icons from the start screen into one icon, into a folder. You tap on it and then it kind of expands outwards. And it, it works pretty much exactly as you'd imagine. We've had a, a couple of you know, manufacturer-supplied apps to try and do this thing, but on, honestly, they've been useless because they've been too slow because you have to wait for the app to open and just be, be messy. This works fantastically well, but I've actually just found I find it more convenient just to have a long start screen that I, I scroll through. Uh, that's just my personal experience. I'm actually glad it's there because it's the one thing people always ask about. And can we have that? And if you have, you know, a lot of apps typically of the same sort, for example, if your name's Steve Litchfield and you've got every imaging app under the sun installed on your phone and you want them all accessible on the start screen, I can imagine you creating a, an imaging folder to get at them. So that ended up not mattering that much to me. There are some nice things like the ability to have improved selection of calls and messages and contact if you want to delete them that's more of a kind of nice house certainly not an essential uh, and similarly you've got updates to the store so you've got a live tile that uh, in theory makes it easy to discover new apps and games good for the developers but honestly doesn't make that much of a difference there's some nice uh, things around the enterprise usage in terms of apps corner and vpn you can check out the post for more on that um the, the three things I would pick out though is making a difference and why I'm glad I upgraded. And one of them I'm having to cheat with because you haven't actually got it yet, but it's, it's my favorite feature on another phone. So I want to mention it. Firstly, Internet Explorer. They've uh, basically changed the user agent. So to put in an extra component to make more websites think that it's either an iPhone or an Android device. And as a result of that, far more mobile sites get delivered in high quality iPhone or Android style. Twitter is a, a great example. So rather than kind of getting the degraded, you know, basic mobile site, you get the sort of premium mobile site and it works fantastically well. There's a whole bunch of sites that I've sort of noticed the difference on. It just gives you better access to the mobile web as it was intended to be on a smartphone. And it's because honestly, a lot of these services and websites have been too lazy to kind of recognize it. it's a Windows phone device and perfectly capable of displaying, um, you know, 
their premium mobile site, but instead they've just delivered up the basic ones, which is normally what goes on to feature phones and kind of low-end devices. Um, you know, it, it just means you you get a better mobile web experience. Uh, the second one is kind of a small one, but it's important for me because sometimes I'm lying in bed, the alarm goes off and I want to snooze it. Previously, it was a bit irritating. You could snooze it for 10 minutes. Now you can actually select the amount of time you want to snooze it for anything up to about 30 minutes, I think it is. So it's kind of a, a nice extra. If you use alarms a lot on your phone, it's one of those things that you don't realize you miss. And when you have it, it's great. And I remember having this way back on the days of the sign where you could just tap the space bar several times to set the length of the snooze. <laughs> it's not quite that convenient, but you know, the fact you can change it is great. The, the last one I wanted to mention was accessory apps. And this is the idea that you'll be able to get notifications from your phone on smart watches. You'll be able to have active phone covers, you know, fitness tray and other kinds of accessories. So I think that's going to open up the way for things like, uh, you know, Pebble to have a Windows phone uh, smartwatch app. We haven't seen that yet. Um, but one thing that's sort of been hinted at, and there's been a couple of leaks around this is uh, the kind of uh, dot view cover that you have on the HTC One M8. And this is actually sort of, it's kind of similar to glance view in the way that it's using the screen in a clever way. But in this case, it's through a cover that has a whole series of holes drilled in it. The screen turns on and kind of shows a kind of a dot matrix kind of view of information. It might be weather or call information. Um, and actually there's enablers in this update that will let that work, which is probably quite timely given it certainly looks like HTC is going to be producing a, a Windows phone version of its HTC One M8 device. More on that in due course. It's kind of a rumor that's looks like it's just going to be available on Verizon in the US, but we'll be uh, tracking that one as and when the official announcement gets made. Yeah, just a, a final point on that very topic. You mentioned there a device which hasn't been announced yet. And uh, we've said in the past, we don't don't really co- comment on rumours. We don't cover rumours on the site. Occasionally, we put up a, a quote, unconfirmed story. But this is usually, Ray, from we we actually have some inside knowledge. We know it's completely true. And we have most of the facts. Therefore, we can put it up. We can't officially say it's true because it's not released yet. But we put it up as unconfirmed. But uh, for people who say, Steve, why don't you cover the leaks of the 7.30 and the 8.30? I say, well, I get so fed up with other sites. Um, I'm not wishing to criticize them, but they do a news story on device X getting feature A. And then there's a rumor that it's going to get feature B. So they put it up as a separate story. And they go through five or six different stories, amending it each time or adding bits. And finally, the device gets released. And they do another story for that. I'd rather just round it all up, wait for it to be released, and have all the facts at my disposal, disposal and produce a proper analytical piece rather than just keep producing story after story after update, all adding one or two extra facts which may or may not be true in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I think you've summed up the policy pretty well there, Steve. I and mean, we, we sometimes talk about it a bit more on the podcast because it, it's free form. And we've actually kind of hinted at the uh, 7.30 and 8.30 in, in previous podcasts. There is a bit more information floating around about this. I mean, in this case, it's 7.30 looks like it's going to have a, a 5 megapixel front-facing camera. It's going to be so-called the selfie phone. Um, there's actually been several like that already. Um, it's going to sit, obviously, between the, the 6.30 and the 9.30. Uh, I think actually the 8.30 might be the phone to watch because it's going to it looks like it's going to have the pure view camera module on it presumably the price is going to come down a bit so it'll be interesting to see where the, the cuts are made on that one and it might be the slightly smaller phone that people have sort of hankered after and well worth watching and i've always had a bit of a soft spot for those mid-tier phones that are just off the high end and actually the 720 was a great example of that wasn't ever a particular fan of the 820 i felt that was a, a bit on the clunky side i'm really looking forward to seeing what could be produced and just to you know, give you the details this is likely to be announced at the beginning of ifa which is a big trade show that takes place in berlin so look to kind of september the 4th there's going to be a whole bunch of 
phone announcements around then. I mean, uh, I think Samsung are going to be making an announcement about the Note 4. Presumably, we'll, we'll be getting the Apple iPhone September 9th. You know, Sony and other manufacturers have probably got IFA announcements all, all lined up. Kind of the, the press invitations are just starting to go out now for those. Uh, but you're right. We, we tend not to focus on the rumors. If you want to find out about them, you, you can, but, um, you know, our, our form has always been to sort of go for longer form, slightly more detailed content. And so, you know, if you want to you know, keep up with things, you know, you can follow a lot of the rumors appear on Twitter and in some of the forums as well. Um, if you don't agree with that policy, actually let us know because, you know, sometimes we can tweak things a bit and occasionally we will write a longer piece on, you know, a forthcoming device when we can tell you a bit more about it or give you a, a unique take on it. Uh, but a lot of the time it, it's, it's not worth it until we can actually say something a little bit different or, you know, give you a comparison or a bit of information. Uh, but we have uh, had a chance now to talk about it on the podcast and uh, I can probably reveal exclusively a bit of information that when you've got a phone announced by a company, you can pretty much guarantee that there's going to be another phone announced by that company sometime in the future. Indeed. <laughs> Thank you for that exclusive bit of revelation, Rafe. And uh, I should say my policy on commenting on hardware is I don't really write anything in detail in it until I can drop it onto concrete in my own fair hands. So I, I need I need facts. I need physical hardware. Yeah, well, you sometimes wonder why Steve doesn't get on the review list. I mean, all the phones he sent back, he's been dropping onto concrete left, right and centre. Was... So it's a real problem. I was joking. I've only dropped one phone onto concrete in the last five years, and that was my Nokia N8, and it was absolutely fine with a small chip to the metal. But that's, yeah, another, that's a rant be, for another day. More than could be said for your concrete, though, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, we're out of time, Rafe. We will try and catch everyone next week. We'll try and be on time. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thanks very much for listening.